wonderful singing tonight. I always enjoy singing with you. Take your Bibles tonight with you, with me if you would. Turn to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4 in your Bibles. Now last Sunday evening there was uh, quite a storm, and, or at least a lot of wind was blowing around. If uh, Piglet out of Winnie the Pooh would have been around, he'd have gotten blown away. Have you ever seen that part of the show? Yeah, but it's during the fall. Piglet, yeah. Anyway, he would have gotten blown away. So if you weren't here last week and you need a handout, raise your hand, and uh, Bob Ashley, he can get the handout to you in less than 10 seconds, no matter where you're at in the auditorium. Ready, go. Thank you, Bob. Proverbs chapter 4 is where I asked you to turn. We're, we're continuing our study in Proverbs, personalities in Proverbs. Um, several different personalities that we've seen so far. The simple. Um, the slogan is, uh, I don't know. Uh, then the fool. The fool, um, his slogan is, what do they know about authority? What do they know? And he lives like there is no God. If the fool is allowed to continue in his foolishness and he doesn't uh, face consequences, appropriate consequences um, that affect him, then he'll turn into a scorner. And then his attitude will be, I got this. He knows it all. He's his own teacher. He's a leader. And um, really hard to move a scorner at that point. And uh, if you are, if you have a loved one who's a scorner, uh, we talked about some of the things that can be done but it really is a matter of prayer. God's going to have to break that heart of stone. It's going to be a very, very hard heart. And then we looked at the sluggard. And uh, one thing that I think struck me in my study of the sluggard and the slothful person is um, hard workers can be sluggards. It's possible to be a hard worker in one area of life, but to be slothful in other areas of life. Remember, a slothful person... It just means that they're slothful in areas of responsibility that God has given them to do. So maybe it's possible for a man to be a very hardworking, diligent, driven individual in the workplace, but he's a slothful man when it comes to his marriage. You see. Or maybe um, a mom is very, very hardworking when it comes to her family. Maybe it's in the workplace. Um, but she's a sluggard when it comes to her personal walk with the Lord. And uh, so we, we learned some of these things. I've enjoyed it. Now we're studying the wise here in Proverbs. Look at me here, Proverbs chapter 4. Uh, I'll begin reading in verse number 7. Solomon writing to his son, he says, Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, exalt wisdom. And she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor, and when thou dost embrace her, she shall give, thee, give to thine head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory, shall she deliver to thee. Now, remember wisdom, and we're going to roll through these pretty quickly, and if you weren't here last week, I'm not gonna, you're not going to have enough time. We're not going to go through all of them. Um, these characteristics here under Roman numeral 2, but remember, wisdom is the secret to making right choices in life. I want my children to make right choices in life. Um, I, I think most parents do. Don't, don't, even, 
even an ungodly parent wants their children normally to not make the same wrong decisions or same mistakes that they made. Just a parent-parental thing. Nothing all that spiritual about it, necessarily. A godly parent, godly parents are going to know what the Word of God is. They're going to have a personal fear for the Lord. And so they're going to want to impart that wisdom to their children so their children then can build on the legacy that they have laid. The grounds, the, the things that they have learned in their lives as parents, they want their children to build on that. They don't want them to have to learn and go through the same things. And so wisdom is the secret to making right choices. Wisdom is key to relating successfully to others and to God. It's absolutely imperative. It's absolutely necessary. And so we've been looking at this. I gave you a definition for wisdom. Uh, Someone who observes matters and receives instruction to gain the knowledge and understanding to make right decisions resulting in a skillful, moral, godly, and life that is blessed. Um, We all lack wisdom, by the way in different areas of our lives. I don't think there's anybody here, and there are some wonderful, godly people in this room, but I don't know that anyone has arrived at being wise. I still marvel in my own life at how unwise I am in different areas of my life. And I still pray daily for wisdom. It's something, uh, years ago when I was in college, uh, a guest speaker, I believe it was a guest speaker, maybe it was a professor in one of the classes, but he challenged us with the idea of wisdom. And from that day, almost every day, from that point on in my life, it's become a daily prayer. Lord, would you give me wisdom? Sometimes I pray it this way, Lord, would you give me wisdom for today? Lord, I'm going to have to make some decisions today. I don't know exactly what they're going to be. Lord, would you give me wisdom for today? Help me. Help, help me to have understanding. And, uh, and you know what? Don't. I hope you don't have to struggle to overcome uh, arrogance and pride. That's, the, that's one of the primary things that will keep you from asking for wisdom. When we can get up every day and think, hey, I got this. Wait a minute, whose slogan is that? Scorner, right? Scorner. So, I've lived a few days like that. That's an understatement. A few days. But we ought not do that. All right, so we looked at the definition. We gave some characteristics. I'm just going to shoot through these. Hey, can we turn off the the, uh, lighting for the baptistry? That might be easier if I could have some help in the back there, if we could turn off some light there on the baptistry. I need a gentleman in the back to volunteer for that. Thank you. (laughs) All right, the wow. Uh, Wow, great choice. That's the slogan for the wise and their characteristics, moral goodness. Uh, We looked at that. Moral goodness is a characteristic source of life, is the word of God. That's a characteristic of a wise person. Uh, Letter C was a fear of God, knowledge of God, trusting in the Lord. Those all really are synonymous. They're all one and the same. I didn't used to think that, but when you're looking at the word of God, they really are one and the same. A person who fears God trusts God. A person who trusts God fears God. And it's impossible to trust God if a person does not fear God. A person who does not fear the Lord does not trust the Lord. It's really that simple. Um, We continue on. 
teachable spirit. Do you have a teachable spirit? These are all characteristics of a, of a wise person, teachable spirit, mature behavior. Mature behavior. Wasn't there a song, I don't want to grow up? Or was that Toys R Us? That wasn't a song. That was a slogan. Probably mixed in with me hearing that was a lot of covetousness in those days. What is it? I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid, right? My children still lament that Toys R Us is no longer. Oh, wonderful. All right. <laughs> Mature behavior. You know, we, we used to, we, some, sometimes it's even prevalent in our society. You know what? We don't want to grow up. We want to be kids forever. We want to be immature. That's not a good thing. Listen, youth is a wonderful thing. I was talking to someone the, uh, recently within the last few weeks, and, uh, and they made the comment. Um, I think the comment was made, our society worships youth, I think is what you said. And, uh, and that stuck with me. I think it's true. Our society does tend to worship youth. We glamorize youthfulness. Now, there's nothing wrong with youthfulness, right? I'm going to turn 40 in a, a while. And uh, is that young? I don't know. Sure it is. Sure it is. Sure it is. Mm. Whatever the case, you know, I, I wouldn't mind going back and being able to relive some of my life and enjoy those years again. You can't ever get them back, you know, as young parents with children waking up in the middle of the night, and you can't wait until it's over, but you can't go back. And... Uh, Youth is a great thing, but there's also a lot of learning that takes place, a lot of mistakes that take place in those times of our lives. And it's good to learn. Uh, but mature behavior is actually a mark of a wise person. And by the way, if you're a young person, you can be a wise person. You really can. You don't have to be immature. Um, you don't have to be foolish. You don't have to be a scorner. You don't have to be a simpleton. You can be wise for your years. You really can. It ought to be something you pray for. Pray for it. Uh, letter, letter F was, uh, he plans ahead. He plans ahead. We talked about that. Planning ahead. You remember what Will said last week? Anybody remember what he said? Heaven. What are some things we should plan ahead for, I asked. And we've got retirement and groceries. Mrs. Haskins, where are you at? Where are you at? All right, Mrs. Haskins said groceries. She was thinking short term. Jeff was thinking longer term and retirement. And those were very appropriate things. We ought to plan ahead for these sort of things. Will raised his little hand over there, and I said, yeah, Will. And whenever I do that, it's always with hesitation, okay? And he's not here tonight, so I speak a little more freely. And uh, he said, heaven? We plan ahead for heaven? What do you think? Yeah, we ought to. Blew, blew our doors off. I got a text over the weekend that thanked Cindy and I for uh, some, some of what they're seeing in our children. And I write it to Cindy, and we both feel like failures, just being transparent with you all as a church more often than not. We don't look at ourselves as some supreme success, as super parents who know how to do it all the time. A lot of times we're not exactly sure what to do, and we sometimes feel like we're facing a losing battle. But uh, it was an encouraging text, so we ought to plan ahead. It was wonderful to, for Will to step up like that. Uh, letter G, saves financially. Now, I won't ask you how many of you thought that I fed him that question and said, well, I want you to raise your hand. And I was giving him the cue. All right, saves financially. Saves financially. These were marks of wisdom. And I put the scripture in your handout. We took time and we talked through them. He foresees and avoids evil. 
Letter H, he foresees and avoids evil. We're going to keep on going. Letter I, he considers knowledge carefully. He considers knowledge carefully. By the way, this is one of the reasons that you're here. Sometimes we get in habits, bad habits, sometimes good habits. Good habits are good, of course, but sometimes even when we're in a good habit, we're not exactly sure why we're doing it. And you know that the mark of a wise person is that they consider knowledge carefully. Do you think Sunday school would fit into that? Yes or no? Yes, it would. Uh, Sunday morning, certainly would. Sunday night, sure. Take, take the opportunity to hear the Word of God. Consider knowledge carefully. It's a mark of a wise person. Our goal ought not be to see how little we can expose ourselves to truth. That's not the mark of a wise person. <laughs> Consider knowledge carefully. Letter J, he considers consequences. He considers consequences. Cause and effect with a serious mind. And we read scripture on these things. I wish I could uh, talk about these things with you, but many of you were not able to be here. You were like Piglet. You would have gotten blown away. The roads were bad. I was actually thinking I should have canceled, but I, I was already here after, before they got bad. Letter K, and that's where we're at. We'll pick it up here. Strength through right decisions. Letter K, strength through right decisions. Now, we'll read these passages of Scripture and we'll consider them. Every one of these characteristics of a wise man are coming from the Word of God, by the way. And I want you to remind you of that. I didn't just try to come up with an A through Z. Uh, I, we, I, I looked at the Scripture, drew out what the characteristic was, and we happened to get A through Z. There are probably more. Um, but strength through right decisions. Look at, look at the passage here, Proverbs 24 and verse 5. Should be in your handout. It says, A wise man is strong, yea, a man of knowledge increaseth strength. And we're not talking about physical strength. A wise man is strong, he has a strength about him. A man of, of knowledge increaseth strength. Verse 6 For by wise counsel thou shalt make thy war, and in the multitude of counselors there is safety. So a wise man is increasing in wisdom. He has strength. And, and why? Because he's making right decisions. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 19 says, Wisdom strengtheneth the wise more than ten mighty men which are in the city. You know, David had some mighty men of valor, didn't he? I like reading about David's mighty men. Um, what, who was it whose hand claved to the sword? He slew, I don't remember how many slew. There were, there were different mighty men that David had. And uh, I like reading about their mighty deeds. But here it says, the heart of the wise, or, or excuse me, wisdom, and, wisdom strengtheneth the wise more than ten mighty men which are in the city. Uh, this book is wisdom. This book is wisdom. Um, when you're around others who are wise, who are living their lives according to the Scripture, the Word of God, that rubs off on you if you listen and heed the counsel of the wise. Be careful of heeding the counsel of the world. We often expose ourselves to the counsel of the world, uh, whether it be through television or uh, books or NPR. 
Uh, my, my father-in-law used to call that stale air. I think, I think their slogan is fresh air, but he called it stale air. Uh, whatever, some people listen to that, or maybe it's even a, a sports talk radio or news talk radio, or maybe it's uh, social media. There's a lot of things we can gain knowledge and information from, but you, there's nothing like the Word of God or God's people filled with the Spirit of God. So a, a characteristic of a wise person is that they're strengthened through right choices. Uh, letter L, letter L, impartiality. Impartiality. Are you a partial person? Are you partial or are you impartial? Uh, what do we mean by that? Look at Proverbs 24 and verse 23. These things also belong to the wise. It is not good to have respect of persons in judgment. So when you're making decisions, when you're making choices, are you partial? Why are you partial? What are you partial to? A mark of a wise person is that they're not, they don't have a respect of person, or res, they're not a respecter of persons. Their allegiance isn't with any particular individual or group. The wise person is going to be in tune with the Spirit of God. He's going to be in submission to the Word of God. And so he's faced with decisions. He's not making decisions out of partiality. He's making them based upon wisdom. So... So not partial, not partial. Letter M, he departs from evil. This is the mark of a wise person. He departs from evil. What does it take for you to, to stop doing the wrong thing? What does it take for you? Are, are you stubborn? Are you bullheaded? Just press on? Um, uh, the mark of a wise person is that they depart from evil. Look, look here, Proverbs 24 and verse 16 says, A wise man feareth, and the context is that he fears God, and departeth from evil. But the fool rageth and is confident. So the wise man feareth. He, who does he fear? He fears God. What does it mean to fear God? Well, it's a holy reverence for the Lord, that's true. But it's more than that. Is there, is there a fear of God that God sees and God knows? And that as your Heavenly Father and my Heavenly Father, He's going to chasten. That you're not going to get away with the sin. Is there a terror, a fear, a trembling? That if I continue and persist in this, it's all going to be known. You see, that's a fear of God. A fear of God leads to righteousness. A fear of God leads to holiness. A fear of God and wisdom go hand in hand. Those that fear the Lord are not stubborn, they are wise. And so here we have this person, uh, he, a wise man feareth and departeth from evil. And the word evil there could be either that which is unethical, sinful, or that which is a danger, or that which is troubling, a trouble. A wise man can discern, and he, because he fears God, he departs from evil, but the fool, yeah, what do they know? I can get away with it. The fool rageth, and the word rageth means to go ahead. 
confidently. <laughs> he rageth and is confident. But a wise man, the characteristic is that he departs from evil. Let her in. Let her in. He chooses the path of godliness. The wise man chooses the path of godliness. He chooses. It's a choice. You have a choice. I have a choice. We can choose the path of godliness, or we can choose our own path. We can choose the broad path. We can choose the narrow path. The Bible tells us that God's path is narrow, not broad. There's a lot of room to operate within that path, within, under the leading and guidance of the Holy Spirit and His Word. There's plenty of liberty, the Bible tells us, on that path. Freedom from sin and guilt and shame, joy and peace. It is, a, it is a glorious journey to walk that path. But it is a choice what path we choose to walk. The path of godliness. The word godliness has the idea of someone who fears the Lord and his fear of God leads him to do the right things. Look here, Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 24 says, The way of life is above to the wise that he may depart from hell beneath. Now, the way of life, there's a couple things in this verse. Look at these words, the way of life. So, I am, Christ said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. The way of life is above to the wise. This is the path that he seeks to walk. That why? That he may depart from hell or the way of the devil beneath. The wise man chooses the path of godliness. What, what path are you on? Letter O. Letter O. Discretion and control of anger. Discretion and control of anger. Are you a blower-upper? Are you a crock-pot? Slow cooker? Do you have good discretion in making decisions in life? Or do you say, no, I really don't? really struggle in discretion, making good choices. Hey, is your anger under control? Do you know that a wise man is characterized by having his temper, or being good-tempered, have his, having his anger under control? Now, maybe as we're going through these characteristics of a wise man, you're saying, you know what, maybe we hit a couple and you're like, I'm pretty wise. I'm really saving for the future. But you're always blowing up at everybody. Lord, give me wisdom. Help me to be wise. Help me to be a wise man. He has discretion. His, his anger is under control. Proverbs 12 and verse 6 says this, The words of the wicked are to lie and wait for blood. But the mouth of the upright shall deliver them. Proverbs 12 and verse 23 says, A prudent man concealeth knowledge. Now, we may say, well, wait a minute, I don't see the word wisdom here. The wise, it doesn't say the wise man. Well, Later on, I hope we get here, but in Proverbs 16 and verse 21, it tells us, the wise in heart shall be called prudent. Okay, so he is talking about a wise man here. A prudent man or a wise man concealeth knowledge. He doesn't just tell everybody everything about everything. He doesn't do that. But the heart of fools proclaimeth foolishness. That almost could be applied to gossip. Hey, are you aware of what's going on? Did you hear what's going on? I don't know. What do you think of that? Why? Why, why, you got, why are you doing that? It's foolish. It's the mark of foolishness that you do that. 
not godliness. It's not because we care. What we're actually trying to do is let people know that we're in the know and that we're somebody because we're in the know. And now we've become a source of information for these other people. It's, it's not godliness. A prudent man, a wise man, concealeth knowledge. He doesn't have to tell everything that he knows. Proverbs 13 and verse 16 says, Every prudent man dealeth with knowledge, but a fool layeth open his folly. He just lets it all. There it is. So discretion and control of anger is a mark of a wise man. Letter P, he controls, his heart is under control. He controls his heart. Now, when I say that, I'm talking about his emotions, okay? In Matthew 15 and verse 19, Jesus said this, For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemy. The wise man is going to have his heart, his emotions, under control. His emotions under control. Proverbs 23 and verse 19, you see it there in your handout under letter P. Hear thou, my son, and be wise, and guide thine heart in the way. Guide thine heart in the way. This is your responsibility. What is it that you love? What is it that drives you? What, is it, what, what are they that you would say are your passions in life? And to some degree, we're all, we've all been made a little bit differently. We all have different things that we enjoy doing. And we all, some of us have some real loves and some real passions and things that are not necessarily sinful in and of themselves. But is your, are you in control of your heart? Or is your heart in control of you? Are your passions in control of you? Are they controlling you? Or are you in control of your passions? Because a wise man has his passions under control. So don't follow your heart. <laughs> I think you've heard me say that before. Why? Because Proverbs 23 and verse 19 at the end says, Guide thine heart in the way. Don't follow your heart. You shouldn't follow your heart. And I know... The Bible tells us, I think it's in Ezekiel, he told his people that he would give them a new heart, he would give them a new spirit. Okay. But our hearts can deceive us and lead us the wrong way. The flesh certainly will do that. You and I have a responsibility to say yes to the Spirit of God and to not follow our passions, but to follow, the, the, as a wise man, we're to follow... We're actually to guide our hearts. We're to guide our hearts. Um, we'll continue. Letter, letter Q. Letter Q. Letter Q. He's a peacemaker. He's a peacemaker. One who pacifies anger. Are you a peacemaker? Or are you, a, you like to stir the pot? Who are you? I like to stir the pot, get everybody all cranked up, and then go get something to eat? Stand back and watch the fireworks? You know that a wise man, someone who has biblical wisdom, is a peacemaker? I'm not, I, didn't, I didn't say compromiser. He's a peacemaker, though. Look at Proverbs 29 and verse 8. Scornful men bring a city into a snare, but wise men 
turn away wrath. Turn away wrath. Some of us ought to work on this in our marriage, in our marriages. Some of us stir up strife in, within our, our marriages. The relationship that God identifies as the grace of life. The grace of life. Someone who's there, who loves us for who we are, who sees us in all of our ugliness. Seeing us on the good days and the bad days and every day in between and still are there day after day after day who love us and don't always admire us but still love us. And some of us, we stir up a lot of strife with the, the one who, who we love we, we ought to love more than anybody else. The one who loves us on this earth probably more than anybody else. Are you a peacemaker? Do, do you turn away wrath? You know, by the way, in a marriage relationship, if both the husband and wife are doing this, if both are seeking to be peacemakers, there will be peace and harmony in the home as you humble yourselves and set aside your agenda and your accusations against one another. You know, the truth is, I think, I really believe this, that any couple within a marriage relationship could find things wrong with their spouse. Or at least find things that they don't like or don't appreciate about their spouse. That's true for every single marriage on the face of this globe. But if you can choose to be a peacemaker, and boy, it'd be wonderful if uh, some couples would make that. I'm going to be a peace. I want, I want wisdom from God. I want to be wise and walk with the Lord in wisdom. And you'll be a peacemaker, and it will affect your marriage. It'll affect your children. Letter R. Letter R. Not deceived. We're kind of moving along here, not deceived. Letter R, a wise person is not deceived. Now I'm going to use for an illustration of this, Proverbs 20 and verse 1, and it's uh, the illustration for alcohol, but it could be any deception, okay? Believing something that isn't true. Proverbs 20 and verse 1 says, wine is a mocker, talking about alcoholic wine here, not grape juice. Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging. Whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Lack wisdom. Sometimes we put a lot of emphasis, and there is such a thing as addictions. There are such things as addictions, okay? But I do believe with all my heart the Lord Jesus Christ is more than able to deliver and really is the only answer for those who are addicted to no matter what it is. Now, I'm not... There can be le different measures of, or levels of accountability. There can be different curriculums that are Bible-based that can assist and be of help. But ultimately, either God is going to deliver, or, and he is able to deliver, or he's not able to deliver. A, a wise person is not deceived, is not deceived. And when you and I say yes to sin, whether it be, in this particular context, alcohol or anything else, it's because we've been deceived, and it's because we're not being wise. Perhaps if there are some of us in this room who are, who are struggling with temptation, or we're struggling with an addiction of some particular kind, perhaps we ought to pray a prayer maybe we've never thought to pray before, and that is, Lord, would you give me wisdom? God, would you make me wise? Because, Lord, I keep being deceived. I keep believing the lies. I keep in the moments of weakness 
I keep believing these lies, and I keep entering into the same sin over and over again. God, please make me wise. And remember, that's what James told his readers in James chapter 1. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, liberally in abundance, and upbraideth not. He doesn't hold back. And it, wisdom, shall be given thee. We ought to pray for wisdom. We need wisdom. Letter S, he judges sin. The wise man judges sin. He judges sin. Proverbs 20 and verse 26 says, A wise king scattereth the wicked and bringeth the wheel over them. How many of us are kings here? Anyone? All right. Dad, you always told me your house was your castle. I should have seen a hand there. Well, we can make some applications out of this passage, can't we? A wise king scattereth the wicked. The word scattereth, there's really, there's two terms in this verse, in Proverbs 20 and verse 26, that are agricultural terms. Scattereth refers to threshing, the chaff. You toss the chaff up in the air and the wind blows it away. Okay? So it says, the wise king scattereth the wicked. It has the idea of throwing up chaff and the wind, or God would take them away. The scattereth. But then he bringeth the wheel over them. Wheel here refers to a millstone. And uh, they put the wheat, the kernels of wheat there, in this uh, large round um, place made out of stone. It was fairly flat, and they would run the millstone. There were different sizes of millstones. Some were very small, and some were very, very large. And that wheel, uh, hewn out of stone, would make its way around, and they would throw more um, wheat in there or something like that, and it would break the husks, and it would crush or grind. And this is how a wise king handles those who are evil. And, and of course, the New Testament tells us that our government doesn't bear the sword in vain. There's a reason why they have weapons. There's a reason why, because... There needs to be judgment upon that which is evil. Or evil would just run rampant. And we would all live in great fear. So there's a need for that. Well, you and I in our own personal lives ought to judge sin. I'm not saying that you you and I ought to uh, join a militia and go judge other people. But we ought to judge sin. The Bible tells us that we ought to judge ourselves. We ought to examine ourselves. We ought to judge ourselves. Am I on the right path? Am I heading the right way? Am I doing what is right? Am I believing what is right? Hey, am I parenting in a way that's correct? Do I have godly, wise standards in my life that will keep me from evil? Do I judge sin? You know, in our culture today, we, we almost have the idea that we shouldn't judge anything. And we think we're spiritual because we don't judge anything. No, no. We're not the judge of one another in that I levy judgment upon people and decide who's going to heaven and who's not, or who ought to serve God in his kingdom in which ways. That's not how we ought to judge one another. But the Bible also tells us to judge righteous judgment. We ought to be able to look and see each other and see decisions that we make, and you ought to be able to learn from me decisions maybe that I've made that aren't necessarily the best, and you could look at those and say, wow, you know what? I can learn from that. My children ought to be able to learn from decisions that I make. 
We also be able to look at ourselves and at one another and be able to see good decisions that are made and how we handle difficult trials and, and tests in our lives. And we ought to be able to look at one another and learn from one another. That was wise. Remember the slogan for the wise? Wow, great choice. And I ought to be able to learn from you and you from me. Wow, great choice. I didn't see that. That was a great choice. The wise, he judges sin. He judges sin. Let's continue. Letter T. I don't think I've ever had a T before. Gracious and restrained speech. Gracious and restrained speech. Now, there's a whole chapter about this in James. And you might remember in James chapter 3, there's a contrast between godly wisdom, wisdom that is from above, and wisdom that is from beneath. It talks about our tongue. It'd be a great passage to read uh, in light of this study. Gracious and restrained speech. Are you wise in your speech? Proverbs 10 and verse 19 says, In the multitude of words there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. Now I love, I love people I love getting together with people. I love having a great time. And uh, if I'm getting together with close friends, you know, kind of like sibling-like close friends, Cindy will always warn me, don't say too much. She knows me. Because, and and this can be true with my siblings, those are close to me, when I feel, there, there comes a point where I, tend to let down and just let it out. Just let it flow. Maybe not think, not engage. And it's not necessarily, it's not foul language. They're not dirty jokes. It's just foolishness. Now, use wisdom because it's okay to joke. Please don't walk out of here. Everyone looks at one another. We can all hum as we walk out. You know, that's not what I'm saying, okay? Have a good time. Enjoy one another's company. Laugh. No one's ever going to look at me and laugh anymore, you know? Okay. But, but you know what? We ought to consider, are we wise? How are we with our speech? How are we with our speech? In the multitude of words, the more you say, <laughs> there wanteth not sin. It's probably going to come out. But he that refraineth his lips is wise. Look down to Proverbs 12 and verse 18 there. It says, There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword. I wanted to bring my sword in tonight. But I didn't know what kind of a dummy I could get to stand there. I don't mean a person, a real person. I mean like uh, some sort of a stuffed animal or something like that. Olivia, would you have let me use your big bear? No? Okay. But I, I literally had this in my mind, you know, the piercings of the sword. And I thought I could, like, pierce this thing repeatedly from behind. Slow piercings. Just stick it right in nice and slow. And then maybe a, a hacking of piercings. And then I literally thought this. I could just stick the sword in it, and it'd kind of be... And I'd walk back over here. Okay. So that's a pastor's daydream in a, in a few moments. But you know what? You and I, you and I, with our tongues, can be very unwise. And that's what he's saying here. There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword. But the tongue of the wise is health. Hmm. Are, are the people in my life who are close to me, who I interact with, are they more healthy by the words that I say? Are they made more healthy 
by the words that I say? Or are they, are their swords sticking out of them? Whether I'm hacking and flailing away or slowly just sticking it in. That's the picture there. Proverbs 14 and verse 3 says, In the mouth of the foolish is a rod of pride. The lips of the wise shall preserve them. Proverbs 15 and verse 2, The tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. Proverbs 29 and verse 11, A fool uttereth all his mind. Don't do that. But a wise man keepeth it in till afterwards. A fool uttereth all his mind. Well, I'm just saying it like I see it. You don't have to say it like you see it. You know that. Well, I'm an honest person. A fool utter, uttereth all his mind. Well, that's just who I am. I was raised in a house like that. A fool uttereth all his mind. Hmm. Don't, don't pour out foolishness. A wise man keeps it in. Ecclesiastes 10 and verse 12, The words of a wise man's mouth are gracious. Wow, gracious. You don't, I'm not telling you to lie, but you know what? Gracious means undeserved favor. Don't be a liar. Tell the truth. Speak the truth to people. There's nothing more gracious than truth and mercy combined. But when you and I speak to one another, our speech ought to be gracious. A wise man's mouth is gracious, but the lips of a fool will swallow up himself, ultimately a man who can't control his tongue, not only is, an unwise, is he an unwise man, but ultimately, ultimately, he hurts himself. He destroys himself. He destroys the relationships all around him. He hurts people that love him. And he's an unwise person. You know what? I'm going to stop there. And uh, I was really hoping to get to Z, but we'll have to stop with T. So let's close with uh, James, shall we? James chapter 1. You don't have to turn there. If any man lack wisdom. Maybe as I read through this list, you were kind of going, oh boy. Oh, here I go again. Oh, am I really that unwise? I didn't think I was that unwise. Maybe that was you. Or maybe you were like, you were just smooth sailing. Wow, this is awesome. Pastor, this is like, can I stand here beside you while you read through these just as a public illustration to everyone? Maybe that was you. I doubt it. So you know what? Where we lack wisdom, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not. He doesn't hold back. And it shall be given him. Would you pray with me for yourself that God would give you wisdom? Would you pray that way? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love for us, for your word. We're just kind of marching through Proverbs here, Lord, and some of Ecclesiastes, and we're seeing what you say about the wise. And Father, I long, Lord, I want you to use this congregation for your honor and for your glory. Lord, and we understand that Satan, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Lord, I pray that that you would give wisdom and answer to the prayer of the humble tonight. And Lord, I pray that we continue in asking for wisdom. 
And Lord, as we continue to ask, I pray that you'd continue to give us wisdom beyond our intellect, beyond our training and uh, academics, beyond our heritage and the families we were raised in. Lord, I pray that you'd make us wise. Have a heavenly wisdom, Lord. Wisdom that only comes from you. Lord, I pray that these characteristics would be evident to this congregation, your body, the body of Christ. Lord, I pray this for parents and grandparents and children. Lord, may there be some young people here as we study this, your word. May there be some young people who are just convicted in their heart, led of your spirit to begin now to pray for wisdom. Lord, I pray that you would, in, in grace and mercy, open the heavens and give them wisdom. I pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. You are dismissed.